On this episode of Hit the Deck, we talk to a league-trotting goalie who's making enemies all over town. There's no better feeling in the world than to stop somebody and watch them look up to the sky and question every decision that they've ever made. Whenever I make a save and I see someone just utterly devastated, it it, it (laughs) makes my day. And it's back. You wanted it. You got it, baby. You can't unhear this, so I'm going to warn you right now. If you're sensitive and or have a vivid imagination, you might want to skip forward. No, no, now it's now it's done. It's in. It's 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 in. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. Game off. Welcome to episode 135 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And we're back for another episode of Hit the Deck here for you, for your oral enjoyment, your listening pleasure, your ear happy, whatever. Anyway, not important, but we are back and we brought back up. So you're probably wondering who that might be. Who am I talking about? Who could we possibly have here on the podcast this week that would be worth your time to listen to? I'm glad you asked all of those questions because I have an answer for you and I will reveal that answer to you. Well, not me so much as the person themselves. The answer shall be revealed to you momentarily as we jump right into this week's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey. And, of course, my diligent co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. And with us tonight, an extremely special guest. In goal, number 57, Craig Gussman. Welcome, Craig. We are so happy to have you here on the podcast. Thank you. Hold the phone there, Craig, my boy. We are so very happy to have you on the podcast. But first, there's business to be taken care of. Because, you know, you've heard the podcast before. You know how this works. This is the banter portion of the show. So, in the spirit of Hit the Deck and, and, and our, our you know, wild, wacky, happy-go-lucky nature, James, how are you, sir? Thank you for asking. How are you? All right. Good. Good answer. Thanks. I'm glad we yeah. had this talk. I'm, you know what? I'm actually pretty, pretty good. I'm, I'm doing very well. I saw Endgame last night. You did. I did. I did. It took a couple weeks, and I, I, I actually, unfortunately, just uh, I was exposed to the barest of spoilers, largely unimportant. There was one thing that I, I, I saw on a t-shirt design of all things, but there was one very minor thing. It was a cool moment in the movie, but from a plot standpoint, it wasn't a huge deal. But there was one minor thing that I saw. I'm like, oh, are they actually going to do that in the movie? And then they did. And it was like, cool. But I, I, I saw it coming. So it was a little disappointing. But otherwise, wow, that was a movie, James. Like, the hype is real. The, it's, it's legit. Yeah, I think I'm one of the few American, well, actually worldwide, one of the few people that hasn't seen the movie yet. But my brother saw it twice already. <laughs> And uh, it's yes, I uh, from what I hear, it lives up to the hype big time. So I'm glad you got to see it. I saw it last night with Mrs. American Rhino and I told her walking out of the theater. I don't know if I could watch it twice, at least not in the theater. It was so intense. Like I walked out of that thing completely exhausted just from the emotional roller coaster that 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 movie took me on. And like, I, I don't know if I can go and sit through that again. It didn't feel like three plus hours because there was so much going on and it was so compelling. But by the end, like I I felt like I just played a game in goal. Like I was completely (laughs) drained just walking out of that. And it was it was a lot. Just that that's the only thing I can say about that, that movie. It was a lot. All right. So, yeah, hopefully we won't do that to you with this podcast, dear listener. Yeah, hopefully. But I will be the, you know, 300 millionth person to say this, but uh, I highly recommend it. All right, man. Yeah, it's it's not disappointing. And that's what's remarkable, too. Three hours and it's a it's a superhero movie. But my brother virtually said the same exact thing that you did. It was action packed. It didn't feel like three hours. It was emotional. 
and mm-hmm. um, really phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm on a little bit of a high still from that because it was, it was quite a thing, but uh, you know, hockey, I guess we're not here to talk <laughs> about Avengers. We're here to talk about hockey and uh, we're here to talk hockey with somebody in fact, and it's, it's exciting. And I'm, I'm very confident about the direction of this interview. So, you know, it, it might be in our best interest not to drag this thing out and to just jump right in. What do you say, James? Aye, aye, Captain. All right. Well, with your blessing, I will then put it back on you. I'll, I'll turn it around on you and ask you, James, would you be so kind as to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? I'd be honored, sir. Thank you. A new friend of Hit the Decks. The American Rhino kindly invites you to reach out to us at the end of every podcast. Like Jeremy, Kevin, Lou, and Reno, Mr. Craig Gussman has taken us up on that. Craig has some big deck connections he generously shared with us, too. Let's get to know our new dear friend as Craig prepares us for a line of future ball hockey interviews he set up for us. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. Thank you, sir. Short and sweet. It's a new friend. Yes, it is. Bonk. Sorry, I'm my new day is showing. I've uh, you know, I, I I as we mentioned like a month and a half ago, we went to see <laughs> WrestleMania and I obviously I at least am a avid viewer of the well, I don't know if I'd say avid. I am a regular viewer of the WWE programming. I am a consumer of their product. Although there are times lately when I question why exactly that is, but I guess it's habit uh, as much as anything. And the fact that I am uh, somebody who, who needs to like follow the continuity. I hate to miss anything. So I feel like I have to keep watching it, but uh, that's neither here nor there. That is not important. What is important is the fact that we have Craig here and he didn't come to talk about the WWE and he didn't come to talk uh, about, how awesome Endgame was he came to talk about some hockey which is what this hockey podcast is ostensibly all about so let's talk to Craig about some hockey hockey okay okay so anyway oh uh mm, okay no I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Craig on hold real quick because I just remembered there was one other bit of nonsense i wanted to ask you about james just since you are a child of the 90s as i am and and since i know you grew up playing sega genesis i just have to ask did you see the sonic trailer no i heard though that they borrowed a weird al song for it but no i haven't seen the trailer <laughs> well technically it was a coolio song but yes they, they oh. it was gangsta's paradise not amish paradise i wish oh, it was oh, amish oh. paradise because i think it would have perhaps worked better but it couldn't have worked much worse it was awful Ooh. like it's terrifying and creepy and completely unnecessary the movie is going to be awful jim carrey is playing dr robotnik <laughs> it's it's animated right <laughs> Yes, well, Sonic is animated. It's oh, it's okay. live action with a, a a CGI Sonic who looks terrifying, like absolutely terrifying. I don't mm. like he's he's human proportioned, but he's got this weird like Sonic head. But they didn't make the face right. They tried to make it like more human like, I guess, which makes no sense in the content. Whatever, it's a train wreck. Go see it if you want. Like just out of morbid curiosity, go see it. But otherwise, if, if you can stand to not see it, don't see it. <laughs> did, you, did you see the trailer at Endgame? Is that what happened? No, no, no. I, oh. I, I've, I saw it on the Internet earlier this week. Okay. I was staying away from it, but then I, I just I decided I wanted to watch it out of morbid curiosity. And I'm kind of sorry I did. But that's yeah, it's, it's just oh, it's oh, man. And not important. All right. We were talking about Craig. I, I said hockey a bunch of times, like uh, as if I was trying to summon some kind of like Beetlejuice and, uh, you know, topic of discussion. So uh, let's try it again. Ball hockey, ball hockey, ball hockey. Hey, Craig. <laughs> Welcome again to the podcast. Happy to be here. Excellent. Yeah. Craig is my new best friend. He's my new hero. This, this guy's <laughs> amazing. 
And uh, before we get into the interview, just want everybody out there to know that uh, Craig is an extremely patient and generous man, that he reached out to us over a month ago, and uh, I didn't bother getting back to the man until much, much later. So thank you for your patience, Craig. And uh, as we get into the interview, you'll find out what an amazing man this gentleman is, and that he's done so much for the podcast's future that uh, I think I should resign and, and Gary should have a new co-host in Craig. Well, not to take anything away from Craig, because I'm sure as we get to know him better, all the things that you've said will be proven out. But I am quite happy with the co-host I've got now. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, uh, it's good to know that if I go down that uh, you, you got an excellent uh, and a fellow goalie, too, by the way, an excellent replacement. You can't have two goalies running a podcast. So that's not. <laughs> yeah, you need you need another perspective. Right. But uh, yeah, so let's let's jump into that perspective. Actually, I think we've talked Craig up so much. Let's actually talk to him, if you don't mind, buddy. Good idea. All right. So, uh, Craig, as as we said earlier, welcome to the podcast. We are happy to have you. Um, so, as James mentioned, you actually reached out to us. So we we are actually curious. How did you find us? How'd you find Hit the Deck? So I'm of the belief that if you're interested in something, that there's probably a podcast about it. Fair so point. I was just searching around for podcasts. I use a um, an app on my phone called Pocket Cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I think I might have searched for hockey or deck hockey or something like that, or ball hockey. And you guys popped up on my Pocket Cast. So I checked out a few episodes. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Pocket Cast. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, and thank you, Craig, for finding us. And uh, much appreciated because, yeah, the American Rhino at the end of every podcast tries to encourage everyone to reach out because the point of the podcast is that we love deck hockey and we love talking deck hockey and we like meeting new people. And uh, in the near future, you will hear about some great new people that uh, Craig has introduced us to. And uh, we will hopefully book for future podcasts. But uh, Craig, um, when did you get into ball slash deck hockey? So for me, it started playing street hockey when I was a kid. I remember I used to get off the bus every day and I'd have to walk about a block to my house. And on one of the side streets in that block were a bunch of kids that were always playing hockey. And they'd always call me over and I'd be like, no, I don't want to do that. That doesn't look interesting to me. (laughs) But one day I decided to go over there. And at that point I was hooked. They handed me a stick. I think they handed me, I'm right-handed, but they handed me a left-handed stick. So I've played left-handed ever since. And eventually I, I found my way into that and I've I have left goal since then, but I always come back to it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's one of those things. It's hard to get away from, you know. It's it like you take all that punishment, and I know for me personally, I've had times when I've had the opportunity to play out of net, and it's like, oh, this is this is a fun and interesting new thing that I can <laughs> do. You know, like everybody else does it. it, it it's fun to score goals and and you know if you play well, it's exciting to kind of take that active role in dictating the pace of play but eh, there's that always nagging little voice that says uh get back in that net that's where you belong so i respect the problem is really running Mm -hmm. you know i run for 30 seconds and i'm like this this is terrible why does anybody (laughs) want to do this (laughs) yeah i i I hear that too yeah but to go back to your question i i started so i started with street hockey we played every almost every day and then eventually i moved to playing roller hockey in a league up in Buffalo, New York, where I was born and raised. And then in high school and college, I took like several years off until I moved to D.C., Washington, D.C., where I kind of, because I was outside of my element and I was looking for a community of people to to be around, I searched out deck hockey. And that's when I started playing again about five years ago. And I haven't stopped since. Awesome. So up in Buffalo, I mean, I've heard the winters can be pretty bad. You said you played almost every day. Did you play in, in like all weather, snow and what have you? Yeah. Yeah, we would. Uh, well, you know, the plows come through and sure. uh, I lived on a street with a bunch of side streets coming off of it. So once the plows came through, we would just play on the cement. And then it was actually almost better in the winter because the snow piles got high enough that you could actually use them as boards. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of weather do you prefer to play in? I don't prefer to play in any weather. All the rinks around here are indoors. I listened to an episode that you guys did a few episodes ago about the people in British Columbia complaining about having to play outdoors. And I I can Mm -hmm. totally relate to that now. (laughs) You're spoiled, huh? Yeah, I am. All right. That's fair. I respect that. Um, So... 
you said you play indoors now and uh you know you play i guess you play ball hockey have you played roller hockey as well or or ice hockey which is is typically played indoors no i've never played ice hockey i could never afford it growing up Mm -hmm. so the closest well i've never come close to playing ice hockey but i've been on ice skates that's about as far as i've gotten i haven't played roller in a long time Mm -hmm. um i did go to a drop-in roller game uh in new jersey maybe two years ago but they let me play on my feet in goal Oh, okay. And, which a lot of roller hockey, especially drop in, they'll let you do that. And it, it went okay. <laughs> playing with a puck's a little bit different than playing with a ball. I've played. No, I don't want to. <laughs> let me let me rephrase that. I've practiced a couple of times in a roller setting, just kind of before our our street games. And uh, I've you know I've been told, oh, you can you don't have to play in skates. You can play in in your sneakers for roller. That, that's fine. But I, I feel like I I got a pair of skates in anticipation of playing, and I kind of learned how to skate backwards, <laughs> but not confidently. So, mm. uh, like, it's something that I'm open to personally, but I don't know that I've ever you know had the drive to go out and or the confidence really to go out and say I can play this. So, is, is that kind of a similar situation with you? You. You are comfortable playing, you know, deck or ball or street or whatever you uh, are playing now, and you just feel like you don't enjoy roller as much, or is it just a case of, you know, it's it's more convenient to play deck? What what's what's your I guess preference or what what's your reasons for that preference? Is a better better way to state that? I'd say it's really convenience and just the fact that it's been so long since I've played roller. I was a a decent skater when I played roller. I was never a goalie in roller. I always played out, Mm -hmm. but it's been so long that I'm pretty sure I don't even have the calf muscles to hold me up on roller skates (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Uh, I tried roller skating a few years ago with my old roller blades. I found them in the garage and I threw them on and I skated for about five minutes and my legs were killing me. So I was like, this probably isn't for me anymore. (laughs) You know, I when I was a kid, and I'm sure a lot of us find ourselves with the same background, but when I was a kid, I used to play, uh, not play, I, I did not play anything when I was a kid. I used to skate uh, in, I guess, what the kids now call quad skates, the, you know, the, the four-wheel, four-corner roller skates, and I would skate a lot, like, all the time on the weekends and in the summer. I wonder if there's anybody who plays now in those kind of like I you know the only thing in a modern setting that I see those in is like roller derby. I mm-hmm. wonder if there's anybody who still plays in in those kind of skates. Uh have you have you heard or seen any either of you anything along those lines? I'd imagine they're not legal to play in for for roller hockey. Mm-hmm. Particularly like roller hockey skates don't even have brakes. That's um, true. Whereas the, the quads, the brakes are on the front. True, true. Yeah. But if you guys wanted to turn this into a roller derby podcast, <laughs> <laughs> I'd maybe, also be happy to talk about that. Maybe a spinoff, but I'm interested. Nice. Yeah. That, that's. I'll write that down. I don't know anything about it, but I'm happy to jump in, you know, feet first. No pun intended. <laughs> roller derby. It's D E R B Y. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, so I, I assume you're not part of a roller derby team, but you did say that you played indoors uh, in you know a deck league. So what is the team that you play on? I play on a few different teams, ah. and and have played on a bunch of different teams. So currently, I'm trying to cut back. <laughs> there's enough deck hockey leagues around here that i could probably play four or five nights a week ah. and still have more opportunity to play so i moved out of dc about two and a half years ago i moved to southern new jersey mm. first and you're a future guest of yours wayne barrett put me in touch with some philly area leagues um so i started playing up in the suburbs of philadelphia and then about a year and a half ago i moved into the suburbs of philadelphia i live in norristown now and Norristown is central, about a half hour in any direction, to four different deck leagues. So I currently play in three of those. In Springfield, Pennsylvania, I play at the hockey deck, and I play with a team called Bye Week, so named because we wanted to confuse our opponents and 
hopefully make them not show up. <laughs> yes, forfeits for the win. Yeah, great idea. It, it has yet to work, and uh, I think we're, we're one in five right now. But and then I also play at Inline Three Hundred Nine, which is in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. Hmm. Is that the area code there, or is Three Hundred Nine have some other significance? You know, I'm not sure. Okay. I, I, yeah, I've never really given it much thought. So they they have two leagues. I play in their. They have a Sunday morning league that I play in, which is they have one division of twelve teams. The last two seasons I've played for Team Justice. This current season I'm switching over to the Knights, and then they also have a Thursday draft league, which I'm I'm skipping so I can hang out with you guys. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We're, we apologize for the inconvenience. No, I'm actually skipping the season just to oh, take a season off. So okay. the timing worked out, but I would skip a, a game for you guys. Well, thank well, you. Thank you. I, I do have a follow-up question. You said you were uh, leaving Team Justice for the Knights. Are you transferring in division or are you yeah. like jumping out to a different division? Well, there's only one division in this league. Oh, okay. So it's one division, there's 12 teams, and then in the playoffs, they split it in two based on your record at the end of 10 games. So there will be a North and a South championship. Mm -hmm. Team Justice is generally in the lower half of the top or the top half of the bottom, Mm -hmm. but the Knights are always in the top of the top. Okay. And being what I assume is a highly sought after free agent, I assume the Knights made you a better offer. Uh, Yes. (laughs) All right. Actually... It's complicated, Gary. That's okay. You don't, you don't have to get into it here. I, I was, uh, you know, I was just trying to be funny. But if, if the, you did, in fact, find yourself with a better situation, Mazel Tov, I guess. As well, it's more of a... My people so I, don't say. I played with, before the Knights, they were called Suspect. Okay. And I, I played with them a while ago. I play, I'm on a tournament team with a bunch mm-hmm. of those guys, so it's, ah. it's familiarity. Team Justice is actually probably a better situation for me because they give up more shots. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So it would keep me sharper. The, sure. the nights I, I might be bored a little bit. You know what? Like, I, I mean, you know this, but for James and for any of our listeners, our non-goalie listeners, as a goalie, you you don't like, it sounds like a good situation to just sit back and not have to face shots for most of the game, but you want to see some action so you don't just kind of get bored and let your mind wander in there. You, you, they don't have to be like, you know, you don't want to be bombarded, but you definitely do want to face some some you know shots that you can see and stop easily enough. Right. I think of it um, one or two shots per minute, I think, is good. Because mm-hmm. how long are your games in the LIQ? Uh, they vary depending on how many people we have usually, but it's six or seven minutes per period is what we've been playing mm-hmm. lately. Okay. So at 3.09, it's 10 minutes per period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think like between 15 and 20 shots a game is, is good mm-hmm. for that amount of time being out there. But uh, there have been games that I've faced like 45. Mm-hmm. That is like, that's a little bit much. A little bit. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, if you can stop most of those shots, then it makes you look good. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, that's a day at the office. Yeah. I don't want to feel like I'm going to throw up after a game. Absolutely. <laughs> Playoff NHL goalies don't face that many shots. So that, that's, uh, God bless you. Yeah. To, to go back to your original question, there's one other league I play in, Chester County Sports Arena. I was playing for Wolfpack this past season, mm. and I used to play on Venom, who just had their championship streak ended. Ooh. Yeah, I think they had won four in a row, two of which I was involved in, and they, they just lost this past this past week. Presumably because you left the team. I left a couple seasons ago. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, they. I was kind of hoping they wouldn't win without me, but they continued <laughs> to win anyway, so can't take credit. Well, you know, it, it could have been a gradual decline. Like the uh, <laughs> the idea that you lose, you know, when, when, you're, when your primary goalie isn't playing, you know, when you got the backup in net, sometimes the team steps up and, and plays extra hard for them. It could have been that mentality, which you can't sustain over a long period. So... Maybe maybe that was the drop off. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. They, they just they had that mentality for two full seasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it finally they lost it. Yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah. So that's three teams. Uh, you got one more? No, not currently. There's been a bunch of other teams that I've played with and that I sub with. There is one other league nearby called uh, 422, but I have yet to play there. But you have something coming up on the weekend, right? Uh, the recording of this podcast anyway. Uh, a tr- oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. Event? Yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. There is a charity event on Saturday. It's a benefit. It's called Puck the Cancer, mm. and it's for a man named John Rinier, who was diagnosed with brain cancer a few months ago. He's a veteran. So 
he plays deck hockey in New Jersey on a tournament team called the Vipers. And I was tuned into this tournament because one of the guys I play with at 309 is also on the Vipers. So he asked me to go ten for the team he's putting in for the tournament this weekend to help raise money for John's care and recovery. And it's turned into a huge thing. The organizers behind it are doing just an amazing job. They've gotten, I don't even know how many sponsors at this point, but all sorts of sponsors. Eric Lindros donated a signed jersey. He actually donated two signed jerseys, but one was specifically for John. Yeah. I'm sorry to, to cut you off there, uh, Craig. Please continue in a minute. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you sent the link because uh, you've done so much for us, which we'll get into in a minute as well. But I did see an article about that and, and Lindros uh, taking a picture too. And that's just absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, I did drop you guys a link, but there was an article written up. I forget where. I think in a like a New Jersey newspaper about it. it. This thing's just gotten really big, and they're doing a really good job of making sure it's competitive. You know, there's a lot of like C and above players here, but they're really uh, limiting it to novice and D players, so that the games are all going to be really competitive, and it should just be a, a really fun day. And you know, the the GoFundMe that they have has already raised something like sixteen thousand mm, wow. dollars for his family. That's one of the things that I've been really impressed with since moving to the Philadelphia area is just how well the deck hockey community takes care of their own. There are, uh, I play in probably three or four or maybe even five charity tournaments per year, all for different things. Last year, I played in a tournament for a little girl who had cancer. One of the referees down in Springfield, Anto, he got hit by a car just walking out of work one day and uh, he was in the hospital for a long time and there was a charity tournament put on for him to raise a lot of money to help him take care of his family and get better he's fully recovered he's not playing hockey anymore but you know i think his priorities might have shifted a little bit sure yeah so there's there's tons of fundraisers here all the time it's it's i've been really impressed with the community and it's something that i didn't really expect coming up here I've got to say this. We have been somewhat hard on Philadelphia from time to time here on the podcast. (laughs) I mean, I I think a lot of that is because uh, being from New York, James and I, Philly are pretty big rivals to the teams that we root for. And also, I mean, personally, I went to Philadelphia once uh, with a friend for a thing and I didn't have a great experience. So, uh, you know, there's like there there are reasons, but all that aside, you know, the stuff that you've talked about just now with uh, them raising money and, and pitching in and, and pulling for each other that way, that's really admirable. And, and they should be lauded for the heart and the generosity that they've shown with this stuff. So good on you, Philadelphia. Yeah, I think when we talk about Gritty later, I think you'll you'll find that. Gritty is very, he's a really good representative of Philadelphia and how Philadelphians see themselves, at Mm -hmm. least from my perspective, as I'm also an outsider, Mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, they have a reputation and people from Philadelphia do like to think of themselves as Mm hard-nosed, but when you get to know them, they're just all great people. I've I'm sorry you had a bad experience in Philadelphia, That's but I've, okay. I've been here a few times before I moved here permanently, mm-hmm. and I've I've always had a really good experience. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I mean, considering that I was there for a day and a half as a guest, and you now live there, uh, you know, on balance, I think it's more important <laughs> that you have good experiences. I would agree. But uh, so that that that's great. So. Assuming that our listeners are not going to be playing in this tournament, is there any way that they can help out, you know, as as spectators or supporters in some way? Yeah, I, I think the best way to help out is probably the GoFundMe page, which I, I can send you guys a link to if you haven't already seen it. If they're in the area, it's at Choice Inline, which is in southern New Jersey. It's in Seawall, New Jersey. And the tournament begins, I believe, at 7.30 a.m. and runs through about 6 p.m. And there will be raffles and food and all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. So thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, play well and have fun, too, by the way. Yes, sir. Thanks. Play to win. So, Craig, yeah, that's awesome. Again, good luck and have fun. But speaking of Philadelphia and and the uh, deck hockey world that it is, Craig has reached out to us and, and introduced us to other many great people, which hopefully we will have them on in future Hit the Decks, but one of them being Jason Kelly, and you mentioned cool hockey events as well, if you wouldn't mind just kind of telling us a little bit about Jason, and then Commissioner Suds, 
of the DCHL, Wayne Barrett of the DCSHL, and uh, Becky Dobson of the Women's U.S. National Team, which Craig has introduced us to these wonderful people. So thank you for that. And just kind of, if you wouldn't mind giving us a little summary of each of those people and how you know them too, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. So when I... uh... I mentioned earlier that I moved to D.C. and in doing so, you know, I I left my life in Buffalo behind. I I was in Buffalo until I was 23 years old. So it's it's a lot of history to leave behind, go to a new city. And I think I was just searching around meetup for like places to play hockey. And I found the DCHL with Commissioner Suds and I reached out to him and I said, hey, do you guys have a spot? I'll play any position. I don't care. And he invited me out to play in one of their outdoor tournaments. They do like a Thanksgiving tournament every year. Oh, wow. So I went out and I played a game with them. And then right after the game, I had a couple of people come up to me and be like, hey, are you looking for a team? And I said, sure, absolutely. And then the, from there, I, I played about a year, year and a half in the DCHL. They play up in Rockville, Maryland. So for me at the time, it was about a 45 minute drive, which became pretty much my entire Sunday. Suds does run a couple different leagues down there. He, mm. he runs the DCHL on Sunday. He runs the MDHL on Wednesday nights, which is the Maryland Deck Hockey League. And then he also runs a, an inline hockey league now. And he does flag football, which we won't talk about because nobody <laughs> nobody cares about football. <laughs> so because it was such a long drive, I started, wanted to find something a little bit closer. And again, I think I turned to meetup. And that's where I found the DCSHL, which is run by Wayne Barrett. I only played one season with them. They, they typically do draft leagues. So I played one season with them. Our draft team won the championship. So I was one and done. I moved to Philadelphia shortly after that. But Wayne is from, originally from Philadelphia. So when I moved up here, I contacted him and I said, do you know anybody I could talk to? And that's when he put me in touch with someone named Jack Schoen, actually, who runs the hockey deck. But Jack co-owns the building or something like that he co-owns the the rink with jason kelly and jason kelly then runs all of the cool hockey events which is one of the i think it may be the largest like tournament providers in the maybe even up and down the east coast they put on four major tournaments a year that take up different weekends so in the north americans is one of the largest ones that that's played in march I just recently played that. They have the Super Bowl bye week tournament, which is a little bit smaller. It's just that one weekend. North Americans is generally split into two. So there's novice and D, and then there's co-ed, and then there's A and B and C tournaments too for you know the more highly skilled players. And then there's Beach Bash, which is held in New uh, Ocean City, New Jersey in the summer in August. And um, I haven't played that one, but I'm told it's a big drinking tournament. <laughs> Most of the guys don't go there to win. I <laughs> uh, gotcha. Yeah. And then they do Holiday Bash in December, which is another large tournament that's played in the Philadelphia area. And then Jason Kelly's also very much involved with Team USA's ball hockey. Last I heard, I, I he might be coaching the women's team, but you'd want to verify that with him. He's also a pretty active deck player. He's always up at Springfield. He, he plays in the draft league up there and stuff like that. And then finally, Becky, she typically plays up at inline 309 so that's how i know her i I saw her at around a bunch of tournaments like some of the charity tournaments and stuff like that and when you see her play she catches your eye because she's amazing so i formally met her at 309 last year i was asked to join their tournament team the wizards so the wizards play in all the major cool hockey events throughout the year and becky is on the wizards i think she might be the only woman player that plays in the men's division in all these tournaments wow so that's how I, I met her. That's remarkable. Do you happen to know how the fundraising situation is going for them to, to get them to Slovakia? I do not, actually. I know that they had a fundraiser last weekend at a bar, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if they've come close to meeting their goal yet or not. That's well, yeah, right. we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll check in with Eileen, too, as we had a link to her fundraiser and GoFundMe. So we'll uh, we'll double check on that, too. But yeah, mm-hmm. Um. Thanks to Craig, this one man, talk about six degrees of Kevin Bacon. He introduced <laughs> us to all these wonderful people. And thanks to Craig, I think we will book them all if they agree to do so. And that is for the listener to look forward to that we have all these interviews, which is unprecedented and hit the deck. So thank you, Craig, so very much. You're an amazing guy. So we appreciate it greatly. Yeah, we're still I just facilitate. 
Well, we appreciate that. We're still working out their, you know, contract demands and and riders, but, uh, (laughs) you know, appearance requests. But yeah, if if all that does work out, we hope to have some pretty cool people for you to hear about pretty soon. Yeah. And and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to kick it off with Craig so he could have the spotlight all to himself. And uh, Gary and I always like to give credit where it's deserved. And, you know, just, just Craig really went above and beyond. So we greatly appreciate it and thank you. And really enjoying this interview too, by the way, because uh, for someone as into deck as you've been for a majority of your life and, and moving to an area where you have all those options and, uh, and you're a married man too, which is incredible. So, uh, uh hey, you know, really hey. impressive stuff. No, Are you I, saying that because you can see me right now? I know the podcast can, no, listeners no, no, can't no. see me. But. I, no. <laughs> I didn't mean that at all. I meant the fact that you can balance your, your deck life with your uh, happy wife. So that that's that's the impressive uh, part. That, that's yeah. more on her. She, <laughs> she allows me to do these things. She's very understanding that it's, it's something that I, I feel compelled to do. And if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be happy. So yes, our poor suffering wives. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, I am also appreciative of this interview because, it's, it, I mean, obviously you're, uh, you know, you're a good guy and, and it's fun talking to you. But it's always fun for me to talk to a fellow goalie. So if you don't mind, why did you gravitate towards that position? So th- there's there's the honest answer, okay. which is that I was so young, I honestly don't know. Okay. <laughs> and then there's the, the, the hindsight answer. Uh-huh which is there's there's two reasons. The first is that I'm kind of attracted to the responsibility of being a goalie, like being the last line of defense, mm-hmm. you know, and having the team kind of reliance on you for some reason that that just appeals to me. The second reason, the more petty reason, is that there's no better feeling in the world than to stop somebody and watch them look up to the sky and question every decision that they've ever made. You know? <laughs> I find that I find that I mean I've never been much of a goal scorer, but when I played out, I found that uh, when I'd score goals, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's nice." But whenever I make a save and I see someone just utterly devastated, it it, it makes my day. <laughs> you know, I played. Uh, this is going back many years, but I was playing out one day, and the goalie on the opposing team was somebody who I played with regularly who was one of the best players that in the league and regularly made me look foolish in in goal and I managed to score a goal on him and it was the best feeling in the world like yes (laughs) now you know how it feels (laughs) so yeah I I I definitely understand that that mentality of yes I I want to thwart you I want to be the one that makes you fail Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. You know, as a goalie, you have to be a little selfish. Uh, like, the same way you have to do if you're a really good scorer. You know, you have to have confidence in your abilities, and you have to know, not 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 just think, you have to know that you are very good at your position, and you are better at your position than they are at theirs. So, yeah, that that's, you know what? A, a healthy dose of, of confidence and ego is beneficial in that position so uh yeah i think we can all relate to those reasons and and appreciate them yes and thank you for the honest answer too Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you know craig do you have any instances that you'd like to share with us of times when you have had that wonderful feeling of making people look up in the sky and question their life choices any any great stories or moments from your deck career that you want to share with us so i there's three and you know feel free to choose the best one when you're editing no no i want to hear them all <laughs> so the first is kind of general when i first moved to the philly area yeah i wasn't nobody knew me so when i first came out here i was put on like the lowest level team in the league that I was playing in. And I told myself, like, I want to work my way up. Mm-hmm. And my goal was to be able to play in one of the cool hockey events because it, that's what attracts the best players in the area. And I want to be able to measure myself against them. Mm-hmm. And last year, that that wish came true because I was asked to play with the Wizards. And I 
my, I guess, debut at a major tournament was at Holiday Bash in December. I did do Summer Sizzler at the Northeast Racket Club, which isn't a cool hockey event, but it, it it's one of the bigger tournaments as kind of a preview. But Holiday Bash was really where I made my debut, and then I played in North Americans this past March. Hey, can I just interrupt you for a second? You keep using yeah. the phrase cool hockey event. I'm just curious, uh, are you using that as something that you and the other players deem to be like cool and elite events organized or are cool hockey events like trademark a specific set of tournaments that only the best players play in? It's a specific set of tournaments. That's okay. the name of the LLC, I, I want to say it is. Gotcha. Yeah, it's called Cool Hockey Events. Okay, thank you. Please continue. So... I think my second story is uh, when I was when I first started playing at Chester County Sports Arena. This, it's a smaller league, but I got two shutouts in a row in the championship series. Nice. The first game was one nothing, or no, sorry, the first game was three nothing. The second game was one nothing. Oof. Yeah. So that's that was like a big personal accomplishment, and because I'm I'm not I'm the type of goalie that gets a lot of Ryan Miller shutouts. Where like <laughs> I'll have a shutout through you know the first two and a half periods and then right. I'll blow it at the with one minute remaining or mm-hmm. something. I hear that. <laughs> yeah, so that was a big deal. Were those ten minute periods as well? Chester County is twelve minute periods, I believe. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well done. Uh, that was a pretty that was a competitive series, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of fun. And all, all the guys that play up there are really good guys. Nice. Finally, when I first started playing at Inline 309, I was playing with Suspect. And because Inline 309 is one division, there's teams that are really good and will go like 10 and 0 or, or 9 and 1. And then there are teams that are pretty bad and will go like 0 and 10 or you know 1 and 9. Mm. There was one specific team there that was just stacked. Their center is an A player. He's actually on the restricted list. He's not allowed to play in a oh, lot of wow. tournaments because he's too good. <laughs> And then their goaltender was actually the third string goaltender for Team USA at one point. Yeah. And I had one of those games where I was just locked in. Gary, I'm sure you could relate to this. Not as often as I'd like, but yes, of course. (laughs) I think it's the only time I've ever been like that. But I I mean, aside from from just me playing at my best, you know, we Mm -hmm. got a little bit lucky. I think they hit at least one post, if not more. But the team around me just played really well. Like everybody just knew what they had to do to to beat these guys, and we won that game three to two. Wow. Yeah, I think we're the only team to ever beat that team in regulation. Wow. I think they they lost in a shootout once, but other than that, it was just us. That's that's really remarkable. Are there any saves, any individual saves that stand out in your mind as like, oh, this one time I did this one thing that was unbelievable and i still can't believe i did it uh I mean, there's a few times the first one that comes to mind is back at chester county i think i think it was in one of the championship series so we played the same team in the championship series like four or five years in a row mm-hmm. and in one of them their center got a breakaway he's he's probably the best player in the league if not close to it mm-hmm. and he came up on me pretty straight and he just tried to blast it by me on the glove side mm-hmm. and I was able to snag it. Nice. And this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, why I play the look on his face, <laughs> you know, the eyes to the sky. I think he went over and hit his stick against the boards, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And- sorry. The saves that result in damaged equipment are really incredibly gratifying. Yeah. I honestly, you know, if you watched a replay, you'd probably be like, oh, he shot it right into his glove. But mm-hmm. he doesn't know that. Right, of course. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. whenever whenever I try and pull one of those, uh, I, I just he just shot it into my glove. Like one of those kind of, you know, dismissive things. James always tells me, yeah, but you had to be in the right position for that to happen. So that's why you're awesome. And, you know, the same credit goes to you. You, you know, he, he did maybe just shoot it into your glove, but you had to have your glove in just the right spot. So... Good for you. I think it helped that I put a little bit of flair on it. I'm I'm not a very <laughs> I'm not a goaltender that like does the Patrick Waugh in the air or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I think that time I might have given him a little bit of it. Nice. Well, deservedly so. That's incredible. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, really impressive resume you have there, sir. Thank you. Now, before we let you go, and we're not putting you on the spot, but you know, one of the things that we do here on the podcast is a great segment hosted by the American Rhino. 
this week in Gritty. So, Craig, since you're in the Philly area, if you wouldn't mind, please explain Gritty. Why and how did Flyers fans embrace this him if it is a him? So, being an outsider, I can't speak definitively on this. I think when you guys interview Wayne, he'll probably have more of an opinion. But I think Gritty is, I, I may have mentioned it earlier, that Gritty is just a really good representation of how people from Philadelphia see themselves. I know, like, he's kind of scary looking, <laughs> which <laughs> I haven't found most people from Philly to be that scary looking, but okay. <laughs> you know, he, he, he had definitely has an edge to him. Like when he went streaking at the All-Star game, <laughs> right. yeah. you know, Philadelphians are, are known for doing crazy things like that. But he's also... He's also just a lot of fun, and he can be very tender. For my birthday this past year, my wife bought us tickets to go watch the Sabres play the Flyers when they were visiting. Oh, great. And I think it was during you know a TV timeout or something like that. But on the, on the Jumbotron, they always have the mascots doing stuff with the fans. Mm-hmm. And on this occasion, Gritty was just dancing by himself up in like the 200 level. He was just dancing around being gritty mm-hmm. and uh, a little special needs kid ran oh. up to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you would expect gritty just by looking at him that maybe he would eat the kid or something. <laughs> I but, mean, I may or may not have insinuated something to that effect on the <laughs> podcast before. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, my wife and I are watching the jumbo trot and we're just riveted. We're like, what's going to happen to this poor child? But gritty just, just danced with him. And then oh. after that, Gritty sat with the kid and watched mm. probably another five minutes of the game. Like they just hung out. And I thought that was the sweetest thing. That, um, so that, that's, that's what you get with Gritty. You know, he's, once you get to know him, I think he's probably a pretty good dude. So it's like, it's like those Sour Patch Kids commercials. First they're sour, then they're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. You know what? I, I respect that. Thank you for that viewpoint. No problem. Yes. And, and we admire your bravery too for, uh, seeing a Sabres game in the, in Philly country. So God bless you for that. I think most people around the country or, or most teams around the league feel bad for Sabres fans. So they treated <laughs> me pretty well. Good. Who won? Not the Sabres. All right. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. All right. Well, I'm sorry about that, but I'm glad that you had a good experience at the game. It made my wife a hockey fan. So that's a win for me. Oh, really? No, that, that <laughs> is, that definitely is a win. That's yeah. That, that's she, very interesting. She had never been to a hockey game before like an, a live nhl game mm. and she you know she'll watch it with me on tv but she doesn't really get into it but after watching it live and we're i think three rows in oh wow yeah it's totally total convert now <laughs> well done yeah my wife actually kind of got me back into hockey I, I i mentioned this on the podcast before but my wife grew up with short version my wife grew up watching hockey with her family i did not i came to it kind of on my own and by the time that i started dating my wife i had more or less gotten away from it and her love of the rangers kind of rekindled my own and uh now she's she's a teacher she's always very busy she hardly has time to watch so i feel like i've kind of taken over the fandom on behalf of both of us (laughs) so but yeah the fact that your wife was able to be uh converted and and able to kind of embrace that fandom so that's something that you share now that that's really remarkable it's nice because she's new to to the game more Mm -hmm. or less like i've been beaten down by so many losing seasons at this point that like i watch a game and i'm like i know exactly how this is gonna go Mm -hmm. but she's new to it so it's all really (laughs) exciting to her and and she she gets way more into it than i do at this point good 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 i'm i'm glad that youthful enthusiasm that hasn't uh (laughs) you know been been uh displaced with cynicism that's really remarkable so yeah before we let you go really again thank you so much for joining us tonight and uh, thank you for setting us up with some hopefully great interviews in the future, which we're looking forward to. You have an open invitation to come on the podcast anytime you like. And if you have anything to promote, please let us know. And best of luck in the charity event that you'll be playing in uh, at the recording of this podcast this weekend. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And thanks for taking the time to, to put together this podcast and shine a light on duck hockey throughout the country. I think it's pretty amazing what you're doing. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Oh, and if you have any insights on roller derby, you can shoot those over as well. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what we can do with that. Oh, I will. Uh, there's a, a men's league starting up at Chester County. So. Oh, before we let you go, just kind of in the same vein, do you have any familiarity with bike polo? 
because it's something that we've heard about here on the podcast from a couple of our guests already. And I didn't know if something if, if that was something that had come to the Philadelphia area. Not that I've seen. OK, fair <laughs> enough. I think you're better off, frankly. You may be right. All right. Well, thank you, Craig. We, we really genuinely do appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime. All right, Craig. Yes, one, one, one last time. Good luck this weekend. And, you know, we'll, we'll pull for you and we'll pull for a lot of money to be raised for a great cause. So that was cool. And, yeah, there's, there's not much left to talk about here on this podcast except for this one thing. This one little thing. James, I've got a surprise for you. And, uh, it, you know, partly partly due to the fact that Craig kind of brought it up and, and, and partly on its own merits. James, surprise! This week in Gritty. It's the return of This Week in Gritty! Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy! Now, honestly, this could be also work as this month in gritty because i do have one tiny bit of business that happened several weeks ago that wasn't worth talking about on its own but if we're talking gritty it must be mentioned particularly given who i'm talking to and that is as you know listener if you've been following the off-season moves of the nhl teams who have not made the playoffs the philadelphia flyers recently hired a new head coach and it was former Vancouver Canucks and New York Rangers coach and uh, favorite pronunciation of James's is James's is his James, James of this guy's. And that is Mr. Alevion. <laughs> and so thank you. Yeah, no problem. So so he was introduced by the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. And of course, when you join the Flyers organization, you have to deal with somebody who we already talked about here on the program and the subject of this segment. And that is, of course, the orange menace, Gritty. And Gritty welcomed A.V. to the organization by getting down on one knee and proposing to him with a whistle. He said yes. <laughs> oh, what a happy couple they will make, I'm sure. I'm sorry, I missed it. Oh, now introducing Mrs. Gritty Vignon. <laughs> that's, <sighs> that's great. Yeah. I don't like, I don't even know if that makes sense because I don't know what gritty is and what gender. I guess it's a he, yeah. so that doesn't, you know what? Forget it. It's not important. Let's move on. Okay. So strap in. There's a lot to cover here. Uh, the, the, really, the main reason why I had to bring back This Week in Gritty this week. Yeah, it's redundant, but whatever. Partly, as I said, because Craig was on the podcast and we talked to him a little bit about it, but partly because Gritty came back with a bang. Like, he, he, he hit the ground running. He's back, baby. I don't know if it's just for this week or if he's planning on making a run of it all summer, but he had a week this week. So... It started all. It all began this past weekend with the running of the Kentucky Derby. Now, as you all know, there was some controversy with the Kentucky Derby, and and actually, it had nothing to do with gritty. But he did celebrate. He marked the day by having a little bit of a day out for himself, and you know the the he he celebrated the the running of the horses out in Kentucky with uh, some uh, oh. Um, this is going to sound awful, but some horseplay of his own. And uh, I know, boo, but so he basically, he posted a video and he spent the day at a New Jersey farm. And at that farm, he made like a music video, basically. And he, he focused on some activities such as he, he had a pair of tiny Shetland ponies that he was leading jauntily down a path by like leads or leashes or what have you. While one of his, you know, secret service looking security guys followed with what was either a Stetson hat or an Amish hat. I couldn't quite tell, but <laughs> basically they were dressed for, you know, something, some kind of outdoorsy work. He also was playing with full sized horses in the stables and, and, and out and about he kind of showered himself in a bale of hay like, you know, 
I don't know. I actually nobody does that. So I I have no comparison. But uh and and, and he also decided to like do some kind of gritty dance while being pulled on an open horse-drawn wagon. And at the end it was actually a um a wagon drawn by that same security guy. <laughs> he replaced the horse. So Gritty had um an interesting derby day, I guess. <laughs> None of it makes sense, so okay, that, that's consistent with Gritty. That could be the title of his autobiography, None of It Makes Sense, The Gritty Story. And I'm curious, too, that he didn't spook the horses. That's pretty amazing. Well, I mean, we didn't see him spooking the horses. It was only, you know, brief clips cut to music, so <laughs> I, I can't say one way or the other what their initial reactions were. Perhaps they were doped up in some way so as to tolerate him. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean... He 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 did have fun, but uh, you know it, it seems like maybe he's he's gotten bored in the intervening month since we saw him when the season ended, because he actually uh, he put a resume together. It looks like he's looking for a summer job. He's he he, he put out a resume, and you know he's he asked who's hiring. Seasonal work only, and then you know flexible hours. You know. Uh, with uh, vacation time allotted for, for vacations. So, you know, he's, he's very specific with what he's looking for, but you know, he's, he's highly qualified. Gritty is, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You can go to his Twitter feed if you want. He's I think at gritty NHL or maybe not. I don't know. I, I just, honestly, I just Google at gritty and it comes up. I don't remember what his actual Twitter handle is. I probably should have, if I was a proper journalist, I would have, written that down and reported it but i'm just an idiot with a podcast so you can look that up for yourself it's not hard anyway so some highlights from gritty's resume that i thought i might pass on might share with you are uh he has a degree in logic he majored in logic at penn state altoona he uh his career objective is the iron throne Gosh. Um, and he has some job experience, but the one that jumped out at me was apparently he did eight months in Eastern State Penitentiary, where, as I guess part of his uh, incarceration, he served as janitor. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, so he's got experience. I'm, uh, I'm surprised that uh, being a hockey creature well i guess that wouldn't qualify as a job i suppose well no his his current job is mascot okay. so you know that's i guess that that covers that and and logic huh really yep <laughs> i forget what mr. he minored in mr spock wouldn't approve no no well <laughs> yeah i mean that's uh i think like gritty's like that episode where spock had the pon far and he couldn't <laughs> control himself <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so think about that one. <laughs> but not not too long. You'll drive yourself mad. Mad, I say. Mwah! A muck gritty. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I don't know. Is that that's uh who is that? That's um Marv Albert. <laughs> well, yes, Marv Albert, but um am I thinking of um Little Johnny Carson. I think little Johnny Carson in there, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ed McMahon. Yes, you're right. Oh, Ed McMahon. Yes, that, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That was it. It was Ed. I was close. I was I was right show wrong personality. Well, I was totally off. So you are correct, sir. No, I mean, I had Marv Albert in there, too. Like it was I think it's just a bad impression. It's, <laughs> you know, it's an all purpose impression of somebody. So I don't know. Not important. But um, yeah, real the so that was that was kind of Gritty's week, and then there was one other thing that there's more. Well, it was it wasn't Gritty specific, but it was Gritty focused, and this is this is a little bit of uh, behind the sausage kind of uh, a bit of business here, <laughs> because at the Philly Tech Week, I guess event this past week, I think just today or possibly yesterday. That this, but this just happened. The Philadelphia Flyers social media team hosted a panel about Gritty, 
And so basically they they were kind of giving insights as to how he came about and what his whole deal is as a mascot. So uh, allow me to take you into the madness that is gritty just a little bit. So uh, this I had read before, but it's worth mentioning now. Gritty was created in part one of the consultants who helped uh, brainstorm the gritty character was Dave Raymond, who was the first Philly fanatic. And he's like a mascot consultant to the stars, basically. Now, that that's kind of his whole gig. And the code name for the Gritty Project, while it was in development, was uh, Pigeon. Because they they wanted, like... They wanted something that would represent flyers, but they didn't want to do anything with aviation. So they decided to go with a bird and they thought that pigeon was they at least they joked amongst themselves. Pigeon was the animal that best represented Philadelphia. Well, I'll tell you what the NBA, I don't know if it was an expansion team or a team that relocated, but the uh, New Orleans Pelicans or something. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a joke. But pigeons wouldn't be so far-fetched at this point, quite frankly, considering. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, considering that what pigeons are best at is basically roaming <laughs> around aimlessly and taking big dumps on everything. Yep. I mean, draw your own conclusions. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're supposed to be nice to Gritty. Craig told us that nice story about the special needs child and, and how Gritty is the ogre with a heart of gold like Shrek like a big orange Shrek. So shouldn't we cut him a little slack? I thought we were being nice. Right. Okay. Yes. Nice. Good. <laughs> so there are six people who help run Twitty's, who help. <laughs> All right. I'll leave it in. Who help run no, Gritty's no, whole no. Twitter thing. No, no. Now it's, now it's done. It's in. It's, it's, it's in. <laughs> so there are six people who help run Twitty's Gritter campaign. <laughs> and uh yeah so one thing that they did refuse to divulge they were pressed but could not be broken the mystery remains as to why gritty has multicolor belly buttons oh good they got to the bottom of that no they refused to answer they did not answer the question Doc got it it's a secret to everyone uh, lame secret if you ask me mm-hmm and finally, James, the, the last nugget of information, the last tidbit that was revealed to the world in this. You can't unhear this, so I'm going to warn you right now. If you're sensitive and or have a vivid imagination, you might want to skip forward about 30 seconds to a minute. So, James, early in Gritty's development, Gritty's costume was envisioned to be a little different than it is now. James... The original incarnation of Gritty, he was envisioned to not have any pants. <laughs> Gritty would have been Winnie the Poohing it all over the Wells Fargo Center. Good gravy. The only thing that saved us is the fact that the person who wears the Gritty suit is taller than they expected. And it looked like he had like big bird legs and it looked wrong. That's incredible. The, the fact that he had long skinny legs being what made it look wrong is boggling to my mind. But that, I, you know, that's neither here nor there. Well, thank goodness. I'm glad that that turned out well. Yes. Saved. <laughs> nice. Crisis averted. Oh, boy. So don't think about that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And James, that has been this week. In gritty. This week. In gritty. And that is going to do it for another episode of Hit the Deck. You know, we had a full episode this week. Thank you to Craig for, for joining us. So I guess it's, it's time to get out of this thing. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Yes. Last minute remaining. Time to go home. Well, I mean, I'm already home and so are you. But I don't know where you are, <laughs> listener. You could be out and about. You could be home. You could be hanging by your toenails or <laughs> from something in which case you really should be working on remedying that situation and not listening to this silly podcast but maybe maybe you're being tortured and this takes your mind off it's not important regardless you live your best life um so anyway thank you <laughs> Th thank you to craig for being our guest on this train wreck i don't know why you would 
want to reach out and, and be part of this, but welcome. You know, you, we, we thank you for, for lending your time and credibility to this, whatever this is. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music. And always thank you to you, dear listener, for listening to this podcast. If there were no you, there would be no us. So thank you to all of you. If you would like to do what Craig did, if you'd like to reach out to us, become a part of this Hit the Deck community, give us topics. If you want to appear on the podcast, if they, if you disagree with us on something, you want to engage us in conversation, open a dialogue, whatever. There are many ways that you can reach us. You can email us at hit the deck. Deck is spelled D-E-K. Hit the deck at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. We are hit the deck pod on the gritter. You can hit us up at Facebook and Instagram. We are at hit the deck and, uh, you know, stalk us, whatever. YouTube. We're on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Oh, yeah. please. Subscribe to us. Our, uh, we're at hit the deck podcast on there. Subscribe to us on whatever your podcasting platform of choice is. Be that pocket cast like craig yeah. or itunes or stitcher or podbean or whatever whatever we are equal opportunity podcasters wherever you want to get us get us there subscribe so you don't have to go looking for us because if nothing else craig is worth this content so you know do that and we would be most appreciative james is there anything else you'd like to add here at the end yes thank you of course at the recording of this podcast and if you hear it in due time just a friendly reminder that mother's day is this sunday may 12th 2019 so uh we love all the mommies out there and happy mother's day to all the moms and uh for all the children make sure that you treat mommy very well also if you're looking for places to play deck please check out the columbus deck hockey association the charlotte street hockey league the raleigh street hockey league and VAR Hockey League. And, of course, as we mentioned before, please donate to Eileen Messler and her teammates to help fundraise their trip to Slovakia in June. And also, please donate to LaGrange Hockey as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And, of course, the Puck the Cancer tournament in Seawall, New Jersey, this coming Saturday. So if you listen to this right now, I mean, I guess it'll be right now whenever you listen to it. But if you listen to it right when it drops... That's another reason to subscribe, folks. If you listen to it right when it drops, then you will be in prime position to help out that tournament and, and go check out the GoFundMe. We'll have links on it on our various media. So, so check that out and support a great cause. And so as we come here to the end of another episode of Hit the Deck, we would, of course, like to remind you, dear listener, that whether you're being roped into a game in the middle of the street or robbing people up and down the East Coast... Whether you are having yourself a horse party or cleaning up the joint, regardless of what you're doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. And for tonight's starting lineup in goal, as ever, I am, I am, I'm clipping. That's what I'm doing. As ever, I'm clipping. Sorry. It's a poor man that blames his tools, but uh, I've been having some Skype problems lately. Oh, man. Am I going to, is this a thing I'm going to be fighting for this whole stupid, I shouldn't say stupid podcast, because it's been a good podcast so far, but uh, just Skype, Skype. I feel like uh, Colonel Clink. Hogan. Okay. Now I'm getting getting a horrible horrible echo, echo, though. though. You sound like Soundwave. Indeed. Skype is not our friend. You know, it's good and it's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skype, Skype inferior. inferior. <laughs>